Welcome to Rainer's Radio, practical training for joint heirs with Christ, with your host, Diane Thomas. Good evening, and welcome to Rainer's Radio. This is Diane Thomas, your host. As usual, let's just take a moment and let everything else just fall by the wayside. Just be reminded that God is right there with you. You don't need to get his attention. You don't need to resolve any issues. You don't need to be concerned about any any past behaviors or what's going on in your life. He is right there with you and in you and you're in him. He is for you. You are both on the same team. You're working towards the same goals. And and it's just the process. It's you this is not about achieving something or deserving or expect looking for rewards or reaching the next level. This is simply about the process. The process that is working in you and out of you. Working your soul back to your spirit. And it's the process that God has created specifically for you. It's a unique path that you're on. It's a path just for you. Now, we, the, our paths all, sometimes they converge, sometimes they're parallel, sometimes they're directly opposed to one another. But we're often traveling through the same land, the same countryside. So we'll experience similar types of things. And this is where we can encourage one another and share our experiences, and learn from one another. And you and I have this great opportunity because of the time and the age we live in. Technology can be so helpful. We can look back at previous generations and what they learned that was lost to time, lost to history. We know of, of great people, great, great books, but how many don't we know about? How many people knew God in a totally different way than has ever been recorded, and yet we have no idea what that was like and who they were? And that's fine. That's, that's it. again, God's intent. But let's not think that this is the, you know, the first time God has ever done something new. Sometimes he does something new and... The world knows about it, and sometimes he does something new, and only one person knows about it. And you might be that one person. And God may do something new in you or for you or with you and say, don't tell anyone. This is just for you. Think about it. Jesus knew what his task was when he was sent here and when he as as he was growing up he learned his task to be the savior of the world and he learned and formed and then he started there was a certain point in time that he started to share who he was but it was he was very aware of his audience he was very aware of the impact it would have 
he, he was very aware that it would least lead to the crucifixion and, of course, the resurrection. So we want to likewise be aware. Just because God shows you something or does something in you or you can do something, we're, we're, again, we're learning about these new abilities, that doesn't mean you just go out and, you know, let's say you can raise, you learn you can raise the dead. That doesn't mean you go hit every cemetery you can find and raise all the dead. No. You, this is where your soul being joined to your spirit. There is some correlation, I'm, I'm sure, between what God is drawing you toward, what ability God is draw, drawing you to, to learn about in your soul, as well as compared to or in, junk, in union with the part of your soul that he is restoring to union with your spirit. The more time you spend with him, the more your soul is united with your spirit, the more clearly you will hear and understand your instructions on what to do with your abilities. So we can come back to, let's say you have all your, you know, you, you know again, how to do miracles, how to turn water into, into wine, how to free, feed you know, thousands with a fish and a loaf of bread. So you know how to do that. Do you just go out and do it? No. There's a time and a place for everything. And it's not about it being our respect for those abilities. It's about simply that these are, you know, just a part of any part of us. We we are um, under the guidance of spirit. We are under the direction and the protection and the counsel and the wisdom of spirit, God himself, through our spirit giving us direction. So you, on the one hand, we kind of caution those who just, okay, want to learn how to do this and then turn the world upside down. And on the other hand, for those who are concerned about learning how to do this, that they're going to make a mistake. Of course you're going to make a mistake. And perhaps you will turn the world upside down. Those are very, you know, real possibilities. So what? We don't turn our back because, because on, the, on the drawing. And again, this is for those who are feeling and sensing and knowing that drawing towards wanting to learn how to exercise our solical abilities. If that's something that's interesting to you, that only comes from God. So he's already given you the stamp of approval for that. Because there's going to, it's going to be a training. It's going to be a process. And that training and process will only bring you into greater dependence on God. So your enemies aren't going to be happy with that. That's one of the reasons these abilities are so well hidden, have been so well kept from the Western religious organizations. is because you don't need a person to teach you. You don't need, you know, an elder or somebody to anoint you with oil. These are things that are within you already. You can learn from them, certainly, as God guides and leads and directs. 
but they are not the end in, in and of itself, in, an, in and of themselves. Learning how to raise the dead is not the end result. It's part of the process. Doing miracles, having wisdom, knowing the future, speaking God's direction into people's lives, into, con- into a country's life, into a country's future or history or circum- current circumstances, speaking with kings and presidents or the lowest of the low. These are, these are part of the process, not the end goal. The end goal is that you would be one spirit, soul, and body in God, one in, in him and with him. Now, does it mean that you, are we saying at all that you have to be able to do miracles in order for you to be one spirit, soul, and body? Absolutely not. That's totally up to God. Our, because the process is, is what's important. And part of the process is learning how our own soul works. And valuing this gift, this soul that God gave us, valuing it enough to know how it works and then learning how to use it. And so we, we are looking in these corners, in these aspects of our soul that we have so long neglected, maybe not ignored, but misunderstood, and therefore they've become dormant. But... As God directs, they will, you know, they'll become easily, you know, easily quickened, quickenable. And depending on, you know, and that, that doesn't mean it's going to necessarily be easy. There's going to be anything of value takes work, takes effort. We don't value what costs us nothing. You know, so often we do. We we want somebody to just put their hand on our head and and give us the gift of of miracles, or healing, or writing, or singing, because we don't want to have to go through the work. And it's it's all different kinds of work. And this is where we're all on a different path, but we're following. You know, we're all on the, in the same country, the same countryside. Some are in the mountains, some are on the plains, some are going through the dark woods, and some are in in the bright countryside. We're all in different places, but we're our paths. And as we walk along, we'll see other paths that people have come and gone, and we'll see other people. And sometimes we'll catch up to them, and we'll be able to share encouragement and comfort and direction to one another. And that's great. But your path is still your own, and their path is theirs. God values each one of us as a separate, individual, one, spirit, soul, and body. Now, isn't that fascinating that he values the singleness of each one of us, and yet we are all becoming one in him? As you become one in him, spirit, soul, and body, you are as close to God as anyone else. And you are one with everyone else. So we all become one. 
and yet he values our individuality. I don't understand how that's going to work when when whatever he's, you know, whenever he's got up his sleeve happens, however it happens, whatever it looks like. I don't know. But I do know that it's going to be satisfying for each one of us as individuals. It's going to be worth it, in other words. We're we're going through this experience of of our own pathway, the process, the work, the energy, the effort, the making mistakes, the the very often going going alone, doing you know the the pioneer takes the arrows, and the pioneer is often alone, and the pioneer you know is is very often the one who may never, you know, may may make it there and blaze the trail, but never make it back. Never get the credit. But has followed the path that God has set for them. And that's, God wants you to be encouraged. It will be worth it for you. Maybe not here on this earth. And I'm not talking about jewels in your crown in heaven. I'm talking about God has set apart for each one of us here on this earth what he wants to accomplish in us, in me, in you. I don't think any of us, besides for Christ himself, I don't know of anyone who is has been fully united, spirit, soul, and body, past Adam and Eve. They were always one with, with God and with each other and in them, of themselves. But since then, the only other person, the only other being who was born here on this earth was Jesus Christ himself. That was one spirit, soul, and body. So, again, we have no idea what it looks like, what it will feel like. And I think, you know, at least, you know, God, you know, God could intervene at any time. But at least at this point in time, we're we're still just scratching the surface. We're still leaving it to special people to be the ministers. We're leaving it for special people to be the healers and the miracle workers and the prophetic and people with wisdom. We're leaving it to individuals who are special, who have been you know, they have the mark of God or the special anointing or they dream dreams and God, God, you know, sends an angel. It's all of us. We're all on, the, on a path. And we're all at different places on that path. And we can enjoy the process. Because whether you enjoy it or not, it's not going to speed things up or slow things down. So you might as well enjoy it. You're here on this earth for a short period of time, and so many of the, the fruit of the Spirit, and think about that, fruit of the Spirit, fruit of being united with the Spirit of God, with your Spirit, with God's Spirit, united, brings forth that fruit, the love, the joy, the peace, the joy. How many Christians do you know, really, and I'm not talking about during, you know, worship, how how wonderful it feels to, to worship God or but truly live in joy. 
and in peace and in gentleness and kindness and mercy and and the presence of God. We've we've got a ways to go, and that's fine. That just means we've got a lot of opportunity. We have a lot to learn, so isn't that great? We've got a lot to uh, to you know to experiment with. In other words, this is not a last minute, last ditch effort to finally fix something or finish something, or that if we don't do something, God's plan will fail. That seems to, especially in hard times, that seems to be a big pressure on people. That, you know, that we're suffering hard times because the church has failed. And just be assured, you know, that the rain falls on the just and the unjust. That, that it, it's, you know, it's a time, you know, there's a time for every season. And and what's going on in the world, what's going on in individual countries, this is the time for that. God is, I believe, he's fully sovereign. If he didn't want something to be happening, it wouldn't be happening. And that's that. I also believe that this is not the end. And I, again, don't mean heaven. I don't know what's next. And I think that he has kind of distracted us with, these ideas of heaven and even a little bit of hell, which is really distortion, I think that's to keep us from really wondering. Because we know, remember, who, whoever you are, whether you're a believer or an unbeliever, dead or living in your spirit, you already know what's coming next. But we've done such a good job of hiding it from ourselves. Who you are as a spirit being knows your future. You know your future. You know your past. You know everything about your present. But we hide it from ourselves intentionally so we can experience and and, and get everything we can from the path we're on right now. So we simply, one foot after another, we follow the path. And we've looked for the simplicity of devotion we can one of the big things we're learning is trust and you know we are we are a have a soul our soul is mind will and emotions and depending on how what kind of a soul god gave you you're going to have usually strength and weaknesses in each of those areas you might be stronger in your mind stronger in your actions you want to just get things done you're very productive or strongest in your emotions and really or and vice versa there might be weaknesses there that's the special gift god gave you and your your soul those strengths and weaknesses only become a problem when we are using them instead of reliance on god and our own spirit who is which is our true nature so the soul God gave you is exactly what he wanted you to have. It's not broken. He's not going to fix it. So we need to learn how to value it. Again, it's a gift. And how many of us have really valued it? And we start with spending time with God. And then he starts giving us instruction. He writes the test. He teaches us to the test. He helps us take the test. He grades the test. When the test is over, he says, okay, now let's do it again. 
He gives us the homework and he trains us more. It's because this is not, you know, one size, you know, one shot. You know, if you fail, you, you know, you have to start all over again. No, because the point is the process. The point, you know, we, the example of the potter's wheel. How many times does, does he try to make a pot? Does God try to make a pot and there's a flaw in it so he starts over again? He doesn't throw the clay away. He just starts over again. No big deal. And maybe it takes a different shape this time. No big deal. And it's always the right hand and the left hand. The right hand of blessing and the left hand of curse. Uh, not cursing, but uh, pressure. We, we have a resistance to any kind of things we don't understand. And that's fine. There's, there, that's, there's an aspect of health to that, that we, we don't want to take things, we don't want to run ahead of God. We want to stay on the path that he has set out for us. But sometimes that path, the only way you see it is to lift up your foot. And then, you know, think of yourself lifting up your foot right now to take a step. Just trusting that as your foot comes down, God guides it where it lands. So you may not even see the path you're on. And every time you lift your foot and start to put it down, he's right there directing exactly where your foot's going to land. And part of that process is we're learning to trust him. Now, we all have these emotions about this, about, you know, and, and we're all talking about learning about the supernatural realm and about, about the devil, about any other things that are in, you know, angels, anything. You know, and so many of us have been taught, well, you just stay away from that because you can be deceived. They're dangerous. They're much more powerful for, from you. They, that's something for special people to deal with or God to deal with. And I'm talking about both angels and demons and any other critters. Anything that's in any other being, solical being that's in the, the solical realm or in the supernatural realm, any anything, anything that's not God. How do we learn? We have power and authority over that if we're a spirit being. How do we learn how it works but to exercise our power and authority? Again, not because God needs our help, not because this world needs our help, but because it creates something in us that God wants. God gets what he wants, too. So, you know, we, we have a tendency that if we don't understand it, we reject it. And then when we get a little information, we build uh, a denomination around it. We have a tendency to think that the little bit of information we get is all there is on that subject matter. Like the the Trinity, you know, the or or heaven, what comes next, or life itself, the meaning of life. We think if we get a little information, that's that's it, a little revelation that that God has given us all of it. We have a tendency to make complex what God has made simple, and when we can just accept this is a piece, a revelation. It's a revelation. You know, just like let's talk about the revelation in the in the Bible, the book of Revelation. 
It's the revelation of Jesus Christ. It's a revealing of him. And yet, how often do we get so caught up in all the little nuances and we try to make it about the end times and we try to make it about this and we try to fit it in all together rather than letting God explain, if, if he's interested in explaining himself at all about any part of the Bible. He is not obligated to use the Bible at all. He's not obligated to do anything. He's the God. He can do what he wants, and he does. Not to say he doesn't use the Bible. It's a great commonality that we can all share. But God is God. Jesus is Jesus, and the Spirit is the Spirit. We were enlivened by the living word of God, not the written word of God. And we continue to be enlivened by the living word of God. So as we are walking on this path and we start seeing our strengths for what they are, strengths in our soul but maybe we've been relying on them too much, for instance, in the understanding. So God may very well start asking you to accept instruction or revelation or your circumstances without understanding it. And that may be real hard. Let's look at, you know, the the general circumstances of the church. You know, right now, the church is not helping much, at least from, uh, I'm going to share my own observations. It's not, it's certainly not something that, if I was God, I would not be proud of it. It is certainly not making an impact. It's certainly not expressing the power and authority and the nature of God. And I'm talking about the, the, the church in general. The organized religions, let's put it that way, rather than the church. So, but rather than be distracted by that, I'm not going to go, okay, well, then God can't use them. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to try to figure out, well, then what is he going to do? It's not my job. It may be. He may make it my job to go and speak to church leaders. So I'm just, you know, again, shooting um, shooting this out. You know, y'all aren't hearing from God. Y'all are are doing, you know, your own thing. And, you know, uh, speaking a word of correction. That may be something God speaks uh, to me to do. And I'd do it. But the thing is, is unless he does that, don't do it. Don't think that just because you see here's these problems in the church, that now he's made you the one to go correct it. Because guess what? Everybody sees the problems in the church, except for the ones. Well, I, I don't know, even even maybe the ones in the church, in these organized religions, denominations. So don't be relying on your soul to be the arbiter of the truth, the way, and life. Don't let your understanding... You know, um, like with our will, we, we figure, we very often, if things are going well, we're in the center of God's will. If I do something, if I step out, 
and I, you know, give a word of prophecy, or if I, you know, um, give somebody $10 and then, you know, two days later $1,000 appears in my bank account, I, I don't don't interpret that as other than God has gifted you with $1,000 or whatever circumstance. We, we don't want to jump to conclusions in our, in our understanding, in our actions, what we see happening when we put our hand to something, if it, if it explodes or if it fails, goes the other way too. And likewise with our emotions. How often do we say, well, I really feel that this is what God wants me to do? Now, sometimes you may. You may feel it's what God wants you to do. But I would also challenge you that you can be right in the middle of a, a vi- great victory, great healing, great understanding of, the, of, of an ability in your soul and be depressed and sad, even angry and hurt, because those are all just emotions. They're all part of your soul, again, that God gave you and he values but they don't mean anything. And the more we accept that God has every moment for us, as we begin to learn about the soulical realm, we can accept that what happens in those experiences, in the soulical realms, soulical realm are also from God. And we don't rely on our understanding what's happening or the mistakes we made or the doing the right thing or, oh, I accidentally did the right thing. We learn far more, more from our mistakes or from how we feel about something. You know, we're instead, we're going to be in touch with, be open and available and ready for God to direct us. When, when your child is doing something, heading in the right direction, your child doesn't hear from you. It's the same way with God. If you're heading in the right direction, if you're, if you're just plugging along, he can be very quiet. So whether he's quiet or whether he's speaking a lot, enjoy the process. Enjoy the path that he has you on. So thanks for tuning in. Apologize for the last session. We had some technical difficulties where I was not able to post a program. So hopefully um, we'll just pick it up from here. Uh, feel free to drop me a line at dianeattherainersclub.org. We'll be getting back together again same time next week. Until then, thanks for tuning in. This has been Diane Thomas of Rainers Radio. Have a great night. <laughs>